You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rudkin from Newstalk ZB. Kiwi IndyCar driver Marcus Armstrong is entering new territory this year. After being named IndyCar 2023 Rookie of the Year on a part-time schedule, 2024 will see Marcus race the full programme for Chip Ganassi Racing, which means he'll be racing ovals for the first time in his career, starting with the Indy 500 in May. Marcus Armstrong is briefly back in the country. He joins me in the studio. Hi Marcus, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. So congratulations on uh, taking IndyCar 2023 Rookie of the Year. I mean, that is pretty impressive because you didn't participate in the whole season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, IndyCar is quite, um, I would say, particular as opposed to racing in Europe when you're always on uh, street circuits or normal uh, road courses, as we call them in America. Um, We also have ovals over there, which is a completely different beast. Uh, and last year, having not raced on ovals, uh, the team opted for a guy who'd won the Indy 500 a couple of times in Takuma Sato. So um, something that I completely understand. So it was a part-time schedule, let's say, uh, missing those five races. But, well, this year I will be doing it. So, um, yeah, good news. Are you excited about the ovals? Yeah, ovals are... I don't know if you've seen them. Have you seen an oval before? Not on, on the telly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, on the TV it looks insane, but... You watch it in real life, and it is, like, mind-blowingly fast. The first time I saw uh, an indie car going around a super speedway in anger, I was almost blown away. Because it's like, uh, for lack of a better word, it's like a spaceship, you know? It's so fast. It averages, like, maybe 380k for the quali lap or a race distance. So, um, it's so fast. Uh Somehow when you are in the car driving at that pace, it doesn't seem that quick. Like your eyes, after they adjust to the speed, um, because you have to constantly be moving your eyes up the road to 100, 200 meters in front of you, which is quite unnatural. When you get used to that, it kind of seems like slow motion, uh, which is quite crazy. Um, But it is a completely different game, ovals. And um, yeah, it's something that I'm going to have to learn, but I've got a great team around me to help speed up that process. So um, I'm ready for it. And pretty exciting be to your first oval to be the Indy 500 in May. I mean, that's epic. Yeah, the Indy 500 is it is the crown jewel of motorsport. And anyone that's ever watched racing knows what the Indy 500 is. Watching it on TV, like I said, is insane. Um, I've done a couple of laps around there, and I was pleasantly surprised we had a lot of grip that day and it was kind of like yeah i can feel the car pretty well and i feel comfortable but you know when you're racing people and you've got turbulent air and everything's going on it's different so i'm gonna have to learn that but like i said i'm in a really good car my team uh, chip ganassi racing they qualified pole there last year with alex Palou, so there's we have a fast car around there but um, I'm going to have to do some serious homework to try and get up there. And of course, you're in a team with Scott Dixon, who's done pretty well in the past at the Indy 500. Has he been helping and supporting you on this journey? Scott is uh, a very, <laughs> he's a wise man. I think he, I don't want to say his age, he might kill me, but he's hes done a few years of IndyCar. Maybe more than I've been alive, actually. Um, <laughs> he's definitely going to kill me. Ouch. Yeah. No, no, but in all seriousness, he's actually the man. So when it comes to setting up the car or um, just maximizing the material he has underneath him, he's the, he's the guy. Um, and he's extremely competitive. I think that not many people realize that because he's always, uh, he's always has a smile, but he's, um, 
he secretly just wants to run through a brick wall all the time. So um, much like myself, but he's quite open with me, I'd say. And that's, um, that's pretty extraordinary because there is such a steep learning curve in this championship. Despite the fact that it's a racing car, there's a steering wheel and two pedals, there's a lot of nuances that you need to learn. So Scott, has um, he's been uh, yeah a great source of inspiration and wisdom last year, but uh, now it's my second year and I, yeah, I need to start beating him. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> fighting words. Is, so is there quite a difference? Of course, you worked your way up through F4, F3, F2. Is there quite a difference between all these different uh, kinds of racing and grades? Yes, obviously I started in Europe and I did Formula 4 over there. I actually started in karting. Uh, I was um, signed to Ferrari when I was 16. I did Formula 4, Formula 3 and then F2. I did um, a lot of development for Ferrari and Formula 1 and then um, took the leap of faith to America. So there's a whole lot of different categories. I'd say my um, I, I definitely made footsteps of my own when it came to a path to F1 because uh, normally New Zealand drivers is so far away from from Europe you know you need to do most of your training on this side of the world before you go over there but we sort of did something a bit different we went over there when I was young so uh, when I was 12 or 13 I I was living in uh, Oxford and then Italy so um, I I must say I had every opportunity and now that I'm in America I'm extremely happy. Okay, I want to touch on a few things there. You've said that Indy is is kind of where you're at, the Indy Car Series. I noticed you said that last year. Is that where you, how you're still feeling? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love the championship. It's uh, so competitive, and the racing is brutal, and the cars are tough as well. Like the, I'd say the the, the ultimate racing um, experience is like no no other championship in the world because there's so many variables on strategy. You can properly race each other. Like if you watch it on TV, there's contact all the time um to a small extent you know you're not you know bashing the guy into the wall but the cars are tough so it can take a really hard racing approach which is a bit like casting so i like that and um the car is also just an animal like it's a beast to drive like you really need to grab it by the scruff of the neck and wrestle it around the track so that's um probably my favorite thing about it you kind of explained to me there how you've managed to work your way um up to where you are right now, but it is actually really hard to make it into the top level of, of motor racing. And I wonder what it takes to get there. Obviously, there's got to be talent, there's got to be that attitude and competitiveness, but surely there's got to be a bit of a bit of luck and a bit of timing maybe involved as well to get yourself on a team. For sure. Um, whether you're, are you talking about Europe or oh, IndyCar? Just, just e- every step you've taken, mm. you know, to, to get to that next step and to get into India. I mean, what what does it take? How do you, how do you get to that top level of motor racing? Well, so few make it. Well, so few make it, but funnily enough, a lot of New Zealanders are. I, that was going to be my <laughs> next question. We'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. Yeah, New Zealanders just for whatever reason we seem to do well on the on the world stage in motorsport. And I think a lot has to be said for the culture that is instilled in us uh, from a very young age because you need to fully commit if you want to make it as opposed to if you lived in Italy and you were racing in Spain for the weekend, you know, it's just you're a flight away and you're at home, you know, and you get to go to school with all your friends and blah, blah, blah. Whereas when you're, um, when you're a Kiwi, you need to fully commit and two feet in and you can't mess around. So there's certainly a lot that goes with it, you know, instead of going to that 
post-race party, you sort of think twice, you know, because um, it's just such a big sacrifice. Um, Like you said, timing is important because there's always, you're always put up against people and um, getting to F1 is one of those things where not many people make it. And it is very much timing if someone, you know, uh, isn't performing well at that moment, but he's supremely talented, he'll be out and you'll be in sort of thing. So um, (laughs) a lot of it is, I wouldn't say it's luck, but it is timing. And then even with my IndyCar step, you know, like I think I very much made the decision to go there at the right time. And and I landed a, a fantastic seat with um, arguably the best team in the championship. So um, now my destiny is in my own hands because I have that opportunity in front of me. I'm in the car and um, I have great teammates. So I just need to knuckle down and perform, really. It's a mental and physical game, isn't it? I would like, tell me a little bit about the physical side of it and how you how you prepare. I mean, I think your first race isn't until March with the IndyCar series. Yes. Are you already prepping for that? How do you physically, what do you have to do physically to be able to drive one of these cars? Yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's quite a, it's a long story because these cars are very physically demanding, even if it doesn't look like it uh, from the outside. I'd say over a two and a half hour race, my average heart rate could be between 160 and 180. And typically my heart rate is a bit lower than others. So one of my close friends, Callum, uh, he races an IndyCar with me. He his average heart rate was like 185, 190, you know, for a two-hour race. So just from that alone, you're going to be extremely tired, not to mention the G-load and the temperature that when you're sitting in the car, it's around 50 or 60 degrees Celsius. So even without doing anything, you're sweating. <laughs> and then uh, and then obviously when you're in a high-speed circuit, it feels like uh, – it's almost like your head is being ripped off your shoulders, you know, like the G-load is that high. So why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds it sounds weird, but when you sort of get that adrenaline rush, even though I don't want to rely on that adrenaline rush because that's not very sustainable, um, it, it's amazing. And it, it very much feels like I'm in a video game often because it feels very natural. Um, and I'd say it's my happy place in many ways because no one can really see under the visor and... And your vision, it's so restricted that you just have to rely on your feelings so much. So um, it is a bizarre sport that you kind of need to do from a young age to develop that confidence and, and ultimately that feeling with the car. And that comes to the mental side of it. I mean, you couldn't get in one of these cars and not be confident in your ability on that day, could you? Well, I mean, you could, but you're not going to perform it yet at the highest level. And, I mean, even from one day to the next, let's say, um, I mean, it's happened to me many times in my career that I've been the man on Friday. You know, no one can touch me on Friday. But then on Saturday, the wind direction changes or the ambient temperatures drop by 10 degrees or what, you know, you name it. Small differences and suddenly that messes with the car balance and you're feeling with the car and suddenly you are p5 or p6 and you just don't feel confident like you don't feel like superman anymore so it's tiny tiny things that you need to stay on top of and going back to scott he's he's really good at that he's good at understanding that okay today's a different day what's changed we need to already make different make changes or i need to already do something different as opposed to just doing what i did yesterday how much of it is about the car and how much of it is about the driver when it comes to winning What's the ultimate team sport? 
uh, not many people would understand that, but there's a, there's a factory. We have, um, I think we have, I should know, there's 180 people working in our IndyCar team, which is um, extraordinary. People that are working 12 months or every day of the year, let's say, uh, for the Indy 500 specifically, but every race for that matter. And, you know, you could do the perfect job as a driver on track, but if a mechanic or someone forgets to do something up where a bolt is loose or the engine guy doesn't put in the right engine mapping, something really basic, your day's done. So making sure that everyone's on the same page and as um, committed as you are is sort of what makes the biggest difference, I would say. I'm lucky, as I said before, that I'm in a fantastic team. Chip Ganassi Racing, they've won the championship 16 times in IndyCar. Um, they've won championships for since the, since the 80s, you know. Yeah. So... Um, that's uh, it's reassuring to know that, but you need to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And um, as the driver, you're very much the quarterback. Do you think about the risks? Uh, you know, you go to work for the day, and there is a possibility that you may be hurt or not come home. Now, that is not something that most of us have to deal with when we go to work. What kind of person do you need to be to be able to handle that? That's a good question. Not many people ask me that because I think they're afraid to ask. But um, uh, look, I watch the races. You're just saying, look, you know, you might not be able to sort of really get the feel of what it's like um, watching it on the TV. I do. I, I I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people realise that they wouldn't get twenty meters in one of those vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people say that to me personally, not mm. in interviews, but um, I don't think of the danger at all. Like, I don't know if I'm insane or what, but, you know, I kind of like the uh, the dangerous the dangerous side of the sport as part of it. And I've had big crashes before. And quite frankly, being honest, it's fun. Like when, when you're sideways out of control, you hit the brake, the engine stalls and you're sliding across into a barrier at 200 k's an hour. There's a certain sense of calm where it's like, well, whatever. And you just sort of hit the barrier and you just let the car do what it does. And the, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, It's uh, I've done it a few times. I've had a lot of crashes, you know. Growing up, you almost want to go out and make mistakes and crash because you want to find the limit of the car. So um, I was encouraged to do that to a certain extent. And it's part of it. And I, it's not like I enjoy crashing, but like... Yeah, it's. I'm not afraid of it, if that makes sense. It certainly does. And I'm glad that you use the word insane because I do think you need to be a little bit crazy. Good crazy, of course, to do what you do. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, Marcus. Really appreciate you coming in. That was Kiwi indie car driver Marcus Armstrong. For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rudkin, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.